support groups. I don't know how many people are a part of one, but if you've, if you've heard of what a support group is, I mean, you're probably familiar with the idea that it's for people of like situations to come together to support and to encourage each other in a way that other people from the outside really can't relate to and understand. They may, they may try to, they may want to, but on their, without going through that same kind of experience, they can't really understand and relate to, your, to that specific situation. And there's, there's dozens and dozens of uh, support group ideas out there. I've picked a couple to, to use as examples. Uh, people who, uh, I think about people who are in the military. You know, when the, the spouse goes off to war and they're deployed for like a year, there's probably people who get together and say, let's relate to each other. Let's help each other through this whole year without our spouse, especially with kids and how do we, we raise them. Uh, people who are dealing with addictions, they get together to support and to encourage each other. Those who are dealing with the loss of a spouse, they can be a support group to help each other through those difficult times. Or people who are facing medical issues that on their own, it's hard to get through. Uh, everybody else really can't relate to you until they have actually gone through that situation. Some people go to support groups and they say, I see the benefit of it. I feel encouraged. I feel blessed by this. And then there's some of us who say, there, I wouldn't be caught dead in a support group. You know, because I feel like on my own, I should be able to handle this. I know that in, in life people need people, but on my own I should be able to do this. And so they say, I'm not going to join a support group. Or some people say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to admit that I need help to anybody. I'm just going to deal with my issue all by myself, my inner struggle. But I'm not going to say anything to anybody because I don't want them to know that I too struggle. Which obviously everybody struggles with something, so it shouldn't be that big a deal. But for some people it is. Saul, today we find that he has a support group, not because he has an addiction, not because he's experienced the loss of a spouse or a loss of a job, but he needs support from a group of people if he is going to survive, if he's going to move. Um, you know, Saul gets, a, he, he, he does a lot throughout the ministry that he has throughout the book of Acts, but what we're going to find is Saul doesn't do it all by himself. I mean, he gets a lot of credit and he gets his name put in the books over and over. But if you look closer at all these stories, you find there is a large group of people who come along Saul, behind Saul, who becomes Paul, in order to help him to get out of sticky situations, support him on missionary trips, and keep his ministry moving forward. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at three different times pretty quickly where Paul needs a support group. He needs help from other people if he's going to survive. And hopefully that we receive from this today that we need to A, be willing to accept help from other people. We need a support group. I will tell you, me by myself here, up here, I, can't, I don't do everything that I do by myself. You know, I, I told Leslie she became my official secretary August 25th. I tell you how much I love that, how much I appreciate that. I mean, I just, like every Thursday afternoon she comes up, I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can, I can handle everything, but I don't need to do everything. And if I, if I spend all this time on the bulletin and on these prayer things, and then it's like, I'm just, 
overwhelming myself. And so I'm just finding a support right there. I think about, I've told the deacons this, uh, they come up here, I don't know how much they really much enjoy being deacon of the week, but I tell them, it may just feel like a small thing to you, but to me, it's the world. It is a big deal to me to have them standing up here with me, to, to doing the announcements and the prayer songs and things like that, or, or the, the hymns. It's a huge support. So I don't function all by myself. So I need a support group, and I have a support group. But hopefully you're challenged to say, okay, I can have a support group. I don't have to go by myself. And that B, you're willing to be the support for somebody else. And, and help them through their life situations. So in Acts chapter 9 verses 19 through 31, we're going to look at three different times where Paul needs a support group. Now if you're turning in your Bibles there, that's great. Um, I want to... Uh, I want to backtrack a little bit on some of the stuff I said last week, and I want to move forward on some extra information that hopefully doesn't feel like extra information. So last week, uh, we talked about when Paul got saved. I saw who became Paul later, but he got saved. And I talked about the four things that Paul did immediately after they kind of proved his salvation. First, that they were calling him brother, right? Ananias knew that Saul was really a brother in Christ, so he got called brother. The second thing was that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the third thing was he was baptized, right? This is ringing a bell, hopefully. And the fourth thing was that Paul went out immediately and started sharing faith, his faith with other people, which I believe he truly did that because that's the kind of guy he is. But in my studies this week, I found out that a lot happens between verse 19 when he, he, he eats food and he regains his strength and verse 20 where he gets out there and he starts sharing his faith with other people. Um, in, in Galatians, we find some of this information out. Galatians chapter 1, verse 17, it says, But when God, who set me apart from birth, uh, ca called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me, meaning that at the point where Saul got saved, it says that he didn't go immediately into Jerusalem. He says, I went immediately into Arabia, and then later returned to Damascus. So if you look here, here's Arabia. So he starts in Damascus, and he comes somewhere in this area. That's where he went immediately after getting saved. And then we, it says, um, then later he returned to Damascus. And that's where we pick up here in Acts chapter 9, uh, verse 20, where it says, or 19, where it says, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. And then it says in verse 20, at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And it says that when he was in uh, Arabia, there was this three-year period, and we don't know what's going on in that three-year period. We don't know if he's just there because he's trying to let the, let the, the pressure off. Because, oh, he came with people trying to persecute Christians. He caused quite a ruckus. His leaving might have, like, calmed things down. Or he might have just gone somewhere else to share the gospel with those people. We don't really know. We just know that that's where he went. So we're going to pick up here back in Galatians chapter I'm sorry, Acts verses 9, verses 20 to 22, where Saul starts speaking to the people about Jesus. It says that once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that didn't go over real well. It says uh, people were really concerned about it. Isn't this the guy who wreaked havoc in Jerusalem um, and among those who call upon his name? And didn't he come here to take people prisoners and chief 
And didn't he, hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? And yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. And that's really great. This is what Saul is doing. But because Saul is doing this, we find his first need of support. His first need of support uh, is to get out of Dodge, to get out of Damascus. Uh, Acts chapter 9, verses 23 to 25. This is the, the story of the situation. And then we're going to look at it a little bit. Acts chapter 9, verses 23 to 25. It says, After many days he had gone, had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned of their plans. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gate in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. That's the, the very first situation where Paul finds himself in need of support. Let me slow down here a little bit. It says, Acts chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. It says, after many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. Saul, he's preaching Jesus. Jews of that day are getting upset with him, and so they want to kill him. They want to eliminate him from Damascus, from sharing his faith with Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22, it says in Damascus, the governor under the king was still trying to eliminate Saul. So he is a wanted man. He is a fugitive in this situation. And all of a sudden, he's, he's finding himself in need of a support group. He's needing help from other people because right now he's trapped inside the city. He can't get out one way or another on his own. He can't really get out. So his situation is that people want to put him to death. The solution, the solution is that his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. Does this mean bring back stories of the Old Testament with Rahab and the two spies that left the city? There was someone had a house inside the wall and they were able to escape at night. They, they lowered him out through a basket and they were able to get out and be, beeline it back to, to the safety zone. Okay, so that's what is happening with Saul. He has people who are helping him escape. Now think for a minute, what are Saul's options here? What, what, is, what options does he have? Well, one is that he could yell Geronimo and jump out the wind, out, out this hole in the wall and hope that he lands. But who knows how far down that is, right? They don't have parachutes. They have nothing like that. So he could jump if he wants to. Or he can try getting through the city gate in a wagon covered by a bunch of clothes or, or dressing up some way in order to leave the city. But obviously, that's probably not the best option. So because he had support from people, he's able to flee the city by cover of night and get out of there. But this was only possible. Why? Because he had support from other people. Very, very simple today, this message. He had support from other people, so he is able to go. But he was at the mercy of other people if he's going to escape. Support number two, this, the second time in his life, very quickly, where Paul needs support, is to get accepted by the apostles in Jerusalem. This is Acts chapter 9, verses 26 to 27. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but, the, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord, and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. His situation, he's trying 
He wants to get to Jerusalem. He wants to meet with some of the, the, the disciples. He wants to kind of be encouraged and supported and, and have a relationship with these people. He hasn't, all he's ever done so far is try to persecute them. And then he left and went to Damascus. And now he wants to go back and he wants to join them. Because he's saying, look, I, my life is different. I've really changed. I went and took that 180 degrees difference or change in my life. It's really there. He wants to get there. Can he do it? No. Why can't he do it? It says uh, the, the people of that day, were, they didn't believe that he really was a disciple. They thought this was, this guy was clever. This was an elaborate scheme in order for Saul to round them all up at one time. You know, Saul's been running around door to door persecuting Christians while he was in Jerusalem. And they're saying, well, Saul's going to make it easy on himself. He's going to get a group of us together, put a dragnet around us, and haul us all off to prison. Right? That's a smart strategy. If you're Saul, and you, if you want to fake it, if you can get inside the inner workings and collect them all, it beats going door to door in the hot side trying to arrest all these Christians. And they're afraid that this is what's really going to happen. He can't get in the door for the life of himself. He wants to, but he has no way to do it. He needs a little help. Saul's support was by a man by the name of Barnabas who brought him to the apostles. And Barnabas is a guy we read about in Acts chapter 4, who was a guy who lived kind of his whole life for the Lord. He, he took, in uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 36, he had a field that he sold. And he got all this money, and he took it, and he brought it to the, the, the feet of the apostles to use however they saw fit. And now he's coming to the defense of Saul. He's coming to the defense of Saul, and he tells the people, uh, first of all, this is the story of Saul. This is what, he, what happened to him. On his way to Damascus, he really did meet with the Lord. He really did get saved. He really did get baptized. His life is really different. So Barnabas went on the defense for Saul to say, look, this guy is the real deal. But then he says, he also, this guy is preaching the name of Jesus in Damascus. The, the place where he just went to, to find more Christians, he's preaching powerfully in the name of Jesus. And now he just had to escape by night through a basket in order to come here. And so because it was Barnabas, because of the, the, the clout or whatever the, the influence he had on people's lives, they took a chance. And they believed that, okay, this Saul is really different. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, we find out that he actually got accepted in. It says, after three years, I, meaning Saul, went to Jerusalem and got acquainted with Peter and stayed with him for 15 days. He says, I saw the other apostles, only James, I didn't see the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. Part of my, my reason for bringing this in, one is for a little extra information, but also the Bible is this big. And if we, if we start piecing together that Galatians, there's things that are recorded there that fit into Acts, all of a sudden the Bible starts to go like this. We find that a lot of this stuff overlaps, and so it's not like this one huge drawn-out story of 66 books. It actually shrinks down to be a, a better story. So part of my doing that is trying to say, hey, look, read and see how the rest of the Bible fits together and see what you can find for background information. So Saul... He's able to meet with the apostles, or with at least with Peter and Galatians in uh, Jerusalem. 
How is that possible? First, he's stuck in Damascus with people trying to kill him, and he gets help from his friends to get out of Damascus. And then how does he get to Jerusalem? He has Barnabas who's helping him get there. You see this idea of the support group? The support group. And he's consistently having, relying and having a support group help him through the whole of his ministry. Well, since he's there preaching the gospel, it, it, he, he finds himself in another situation where he needs support. Now he needs help getting out of Dodge, a.k.a. out of Jerusalem, because he's not he's not welcome there after all after by everybody. So Acts chapter nine, verses 28 to 30. It says, Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem and speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the brothers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarshish. So as we've seen, as we have looked at before, what is Saul's situation? And then we'll see the solution to his situation. It says in Acts chapter 9, verse 28 and 29, it says, He debated with the Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. Now the Grecian Jews were the Jews that were outsiders of Jerusalem, and they most likely lived out there long enough that they spoke the Greek language instead of the Hebrew language that most of the Jews in Jerusalem spoke. And these Grecian Jews, they weren't just outsiders. They weren't just other people. These were the same people who in Acts chapter 7 tried to kill Stephen. I mean, they did. They successfully killed Stephen. And what was Saul doing? Saul was standing there holding all their coat, <laughs> holding all their cloaks so that they could have an easier time throwing rocks at him. And now Saul, Saul is talking to these people and saying, look, guys, this Jesus that you guys are trying to destroy and his witnesses that we're trying to get rid of is, in fact, true. Jesus really is alive, which makes Saul a target just like Stephen. And so now they want to kill Saul as well. They're trying to kill him. That's his problem. How is he going to get out of this? It says, when the brothers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Now, I doubt at this point Saul really has a nickel to his name. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm, I'm reading into it. But I don't think he has a nickel to his name. And they got him. So here's Damascus. I'm sorry if this is dark, but they, he's in Damascus. They take him down here. He goes here and then to Caesarea. And then he gets on a boat. And he goes finally all the way up to Tarsus. These believers and in, in, uh, his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ worked with him to get him out of Dodge and get him back to his native land where he came from of Tarshish. He needed help to leave Damascus. He needed help to get in good with the people in Jerusalem, and he needed help to get out of Jerusalem. You pick any one of those things without help from somebody, he is not going to do that. Unless God miraculously works through that uh, to make it happen, he's really stuck at whatever point if he tries to go it alone. And as we go through the book of Acts, we're going to find numerous times where Saul needs a little help from his friends. He's going to need somebody to lean on. Uh, Steve talked about lyrics that run through your head when you, hear, when you hear a song. We all need somebody to lean on. Let that run through your head, okay? Think about that when you wake up at 3 in the morning. We all need somebody to lean on, okay? Because that's where Paul found himself. And he's going to find himself. When he's stoned and left for dead, 
obviously he's going to need a little help, right? You don't get pelted with rocks left for dead and just get up and you're completely fine on your own. He's going to need some help. Paul's going to go on three different missionary journeys. He's going to have churches supporting him along the way. He's going to do what he can as a tent maker, but he's also going to gain support from other people. When Paul gets put in prison in Rome, he's going to need people to bring him supplies. He even writes in one of his letters, hey, make sure you bring my cloak. It's going to get cold, right? He needs somebody to help support him. So all through the book of Acts and the books that, that Paul has written, he gets support from other people. He doesn't do it by himself. From time to time, you're going to find yourself in need of support in a similar situation. Hopefully you're not running for your life uh, because people are trying to put their to kill you, or you're going to have the opportunity to support other people. And I want to encourage you both those directions. You know, in a couple weeks, we have the Sparks coming. We have the missionaries, the Sparks. Um, they, um, can anybody remind me where they're at? Is it Uganda? Okay, they're in Uganda. How do they get to Uganda? Right? They, they raise support from churches like ours. Our church does a really good job of supporting them for what I know of churches supporting missionaries, but they, they have support from other churches in order to go. When they, when they show up, um, you know, we, we sit and listen to what they have to say. We can, we can pray for them. We can send out email letters to them. Uh, one thing I'd like to do as a church eventually is to, 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 to get everybody to pick a missionary as their missionary that they support. Just by letters, just like, like bombarded with emails, let them know that we love them, that we are supporting them, because it can be a lonely place to be. And they might feel like they're out there doing this all by themselves, and we don't want that. So when they show up, we are here to support them. Um, in, in ministry partners in the church, you know, I, I told you about myself. I feel like I get a lot of support from people, the deacons of the week, my wife, uh, whoever turned the heat up today to make the heat work. Right. I don't do that. I, I, there's just lots of different things where people help me look good when I, when I don't do it myself, I might get the, they, people might look at me as if I did it, but there's a lot of support that I get. I think about Awana. What do we ask of you? We ask for cookies, right? We don't make cookies all every week. We get, we get help with cookies. I get help with oh, candy for Awana. Uh, with, um, and we have the opportunity to support each other in the ministries that they're doing. Hey, I'm going to send out an encouraging card to somebody. I'm going to pray for somebody. I'm going to volunteer to help somebody at night, right? Whatever. That's an opportunity that you have to help somebody uh, that, our, that our church does. People who are newly saved. Let's say Anthony does get saved. There's an opportunity there to be a support to him, to answer the questions that he has about what is this, what is this faith I just did? What's it really mean? What's it mean to be a Christian? How am I supposed to live my life? If you come across somebody who's newly saved, you can be the support for that person. Or somebody with a coming back to Jesus moment. You ever know someone like that? They walked away from the Lord. They came back to the Lord. And you have the opportunity to walk with them through that process. To, to explain what forgiveness is. To stand with them. To be an encouragement with them as they go through the process of reconciliation. And of making things right. Support groups are everywhere for everything. Uh, just everyday life. Somebody that's in need. You know, our church has done meal trains. Guess what I call that? I call that a support group. I, I, because it's not, it's not one person, it's a group of people making something happen. It could be a Saturday branding. It could be Chloe. 
helping Noah with a math problem. That's a support group, right? You look and say, well, that wasn't Bible. That wasn't, but it's still a ministry. We, we were like this, trying to help Noah with geometry, like no clue. And then Chloe came over, spent like an hour. That to me is a group support. It's helping him to get through that. But it's something we have a connection with Chloe because of a family of believers who are willing to help each other out. So you may not find yourself in a support group. You may say, that's the last thing in the world I'm ever going to do for anything. I'm just going to suffer on my own and get through this on my own. Um, and that's your choice. I would encourage you, if you, if you have the opportunity to be a part of one, um, there's a lot of value in it. I mean, I've been a part of, like a, I would call it like a pastor support group, but I don't want to make anybody feel bad. Like, um, but I went out to breakfast uh, a couple weeks ago. There was four pastors, Eric, and then there was... Mike Davis and the new pastor at the other Baptist church named James. We just got together and it was like a support group. It was just, we weren't talking bad about anybody, but we're just saying, hey, here's what it's like to live in. We're mostly explaining to James what it's like to live in Baker and Plevna. It's cold, you know, it's hot. There's no rain, you know, uh, there's kind of what you expect, but it was a support. If James has some question about people or, or, or what comes next in this next season, he has friends now that he can draw on. And so it's just an encouraging thing. So we're going to get together periodically to say, how's it going? What can we pray for each other about? So a support group is a good thing. But you might say, I'm not going to do that. But I want to encourage you that Paul, Saul who became Paul, he couldn't do it all on his own. He needed support to live in order to have his ministry, um, to, to provide for some of his basic needs. He needed support. He was willing to support other people and he's willing to accept that support from others. I just want to challenge you, be willing to positively take advantage of us as a church family. Be willing to reach out for support, but be willing to accept the support from other people because none of us were meant to live on, live on our own. We are the body of Christ. We all work together. We all function together. And if we do that together, we do that the best that we can do. So just challenge you to, um, to accept the support from others, but willing to be the support for somebody else that they might need in this church as well. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for, uh, for teaching us or reminding us, God, that we don't have to go through life on our own. There are people in our church, people who we can relate to, that we can draw on for support and comfort and help, and that, God, that's okay. None of us has to try to be the solo person who does it all on their own. But God, that we would be willing also to be that support because we are a body of believers and we work as a body of believers. And I just pray that we would do that and be the support that each of us needs. No one would feel bad about asking and everybody would be excited to be the support for somebody else that they need. Thank you, God, because I needed your support to get to heaven. Help me to be that support for somebody else. In Jesus' name, amen.